0: Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan.
1: I'm Roland. I'm Tony.
0: And this is episode 96 of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, where we are going to talk about listener comments and questions. We kind of teased that last time. Actually, we planned on doing that last time and ran out of time.
1: (laughs) Well, the year was almost up. Oh, wait. Was that? Hang on. Hang on. Do I have my times messed up? Are we? You you did the time warp again is it is it still
2: 2022 nope sadly we're, we're like slightly later slightly
1: oh, man version just, 4704
0: I, was released last week
1: <laughs> hey i can't wait to download that uh, uh, update my tile packs
0: <laughs> so roland i hear that you have a marriage that happened recently in your fortress uh somewhat of a power couple
2: Oh yes, uh, uh, recently means that it was just today when I was playing. Aww. You know, I've been... This is still my, like, 80-year-old fortress. Actually, it's not... It's it's 90 years now.
0: Is this still the, the one that was... When we first started recording the podcast? The one that you're planning on doing world domination and all that? Uh,
2: sadly, it no, it's, it's, it's yeah. not. Um, it is the... The, the first one, I think the, the one that you mean is from 47 point something. Oh, and, that's right, that's right. And I do not have that world anymore.
0: Well, please uh, please forgive me, I sidetracked you, but please go on and, uh, and talk about your couple.
2: That, okay, um, because it, it's two militia dwarfs. it is actually two militia leaders, and the, uh, I, I have to check their names, actually, I, I you know, I, I don't remember their names, I, I know this is terrible. But okay, so. I hope one of them's Urist. uh, Sadly not. Militia Captain Geshid and Militia Captain Asin have married, and Asin is my karate instructor. Uh, I I do actually mean that. I have like a little civilian training program going on because a few people were like, oh, I, I wish I could like go fight. And now his wife is actually a serious. Uh, military dwarf um, she is the leader of my sword dwarf squad uh, they're called the skins of diamond very cool right <laughs> and uh, she has yeah. 160 plus kills because I kept sending her out and like sieging goblin towns and whatever and um, yeah she's she's pretty cool and now they have married and I, I really hope for new children in the fortress that have that kind of parentage and I can I will just put them into the military as well you know that's uh, how that works but I can't wait I'm Well, very
0: congratulations uh, it looks like the wife is a murder machine with 160 plus notable kills yep uh, that's impressive
1: it it really is congratulations on the big event i feel like i should have brought a gift today i'm really <laughs> sorry um
0: well, Did to be fair for next time. To be fair, we just found out about the wedding about 2 hours ago, so
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I've got Amazon Prime, so it, it was a private event. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did they elope or was there a... <laughs> That's a lot of
0: kills. Did this person get a lot of their kills before the the fortress started?
2: Um, let me, you know what? Let me check. Her name is Geshed. Where is Geshed? Bzz, 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 bzz. Hey, Geshed. There you are. Gushed. Military kills, and that is Finger of Lobsters. I believe is one of those towns <laughs> where I sent her out. Yeah, I know, Finger of Lobsters. <laughs> the, the goblin names in my world are hilarious.
1: That's a great name. Who was the person that wanted the the um the the LLMs to generate names? I was like, come on, man, you can't get better than Finger of Lobsters. No. That's why we play this game. It does not get better than this. But, it it uh, just doesn't, no. The
2: 165 other kills are very much just in my fortress. It's all priest mines.
0: Wow, you have a very violent fortress.
2: Oh, you know, I have to say that this is one of my less violent ones. Uh, like, seriously, I had... I remember one dwarf. He was an absolute murder machine. He was taller than everybody else. He was actually taller than some humans. He was completely inexhaustible. I've never seen him get exhausted or tired, ever. And that murderous machine killed over 1,000 things in my playtime in that fortress.
0: Holy cow.
2: I will have to see if I still have some uh, some screenshots from that time. But I think they were on my old computer. My my brother has it now. And that, that was a violent fortress. This is very relaxed because I use a drowning trap for like most goblins, to dispose of them, and so they don't have to kill too many things. But, yeah.
0: Well, congratulations. I look forward to seeing their exploits.
1: Oh, me too. This is going to be... I I sense great things this year.
0: All right, so Adventure Mode is being released in April, so the Adams Brothers say. What do we think about that?
1: I'm happy that that's going to happen.
0: Do we think that they'll hit the date?
1: They've got real project managers now. I think they, I think they've got like I think they have like a scrum master now, so I think so. I think um, I think they made the announcement. Nobody delays games. What are you talking about?
0: Well, no, it seems like they have a history of whenever they say an actual date, they then they yeah. tend to hit things. Mm-hmm. They don't do that very often though, which was what no. which is, that's kind of what surprised me is they said April so far in advance.
1: They must feel pretty confident.
0: Uh, usually, they just say it'll be ready when it's ready, and they give vague things like maybe sometime in the next year or so.
1: Yeah, it'll be ready when it's ready. Yeah, I've heard heard those. I, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a reasonable level of confidence.
0: A, a deadline sometimes is good. A deadline is sometimes good for, for having you focus your efforts on the things that are important. And if you miss the deadline, then that's fine. But if you miss a deadline, then you're probably only going to miss it by a short percentage, you know, a week or two, rather than it never getting close to being released, which is what it seemed like the version 50 was for so long.
1: Yeah, true, true. Yeah, and it's a small team, and I suspect, you know, like they've got Putnam doing some of the kind of programmery things where you're like fixing bugs and and doing that sort of stuff and implementing systems that I think a lot of people have been asking for, and, and I'm hoping that that frees up the atomsies for the you know for the for the dev advancement of features kind of thing. So I'm I'm pretty confident that they're gonna hit it, but um, I will uh, I'll still be a supporter if they miss it. So <laughs> yeah. yes, there is that. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna care if they don't.
0: I'm looking forward to the adventure mode. But mostly because it's going to be a something else that we can do as a, as a group, as a podcast, the three of us maybe making some videos or something. Because, I don't know, maybe it'll change with the graphics. But I never was much of, a, of an adventure mode person anyway. I would try it a few times, but I always came back to, to fortress mode. That was the bomb.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. It had It had challenges that I struggled with. Like, it was just kind of glitchy. You know, I I don't know if maybe it was my tile sets or something, but, you know, text would like overwrite itself a lot. And it was sometimes difficult to know what in the heck was going on. And then having a sense of mission and purpose was often tricky. Yeah, it looks a lot cleaner now. So that's That's cool.
0: two things. Uh, One is the user interface was was not very good. Even even with you guys sitting there over my shoulder telling me what buttons to push, I still was confused. Yeah, and, it's a handful, yeah. But also,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, having the game define some goals for you is is sometimes helpful. Having a total sandbox, a total open world to where you just don't know what to do. You could wander around a, a shed for an hour and just look at things.
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, the quests sometimes, the, you know, I, I guess it's going to be a challenge no matter what. But you'd have somebody talk about something. And then you'd come back to them and they would have no idea what they had said before. I like mean, that's AI. a bigger problem to solve so that, yeah, like AI. Yeah, again, <laughs> we don't need an LLM for this kind of stuff. <laughs> we get the same sort of stuff if just procedures and procedural generation.
0: Damn stochiastic parrot.
1: Yeah, no doubt, right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. So if, uh, I don't know how it's going to work, but, you know, if, if they know about events in your fortress and stuff and you can shape and impact the world, that could be pretty neat. It certainly has a lot going for it.
2: I can I can already tell you that probably one of the one, two, three first adventurers I will play is going to be some kind of saltwater crocodile man person called Schnuppy, and he is just going to be a trained <laughs> biter.
0: Alright, Schnuppy the Biter. Yep. Looking forward to the episodes on on Schnuppy the Biter.
1: <laughs> is this how is this how um rabies get started?
0: Many ages ago, when this ancient planet was not quite so ancient, Snuppy the Biter started rabies. Hmm. Come on,
1: Snuppy. Yeah. Bag Diseases
0: bandage. would be a cool
1: addition to the game.
0: Ah, uh, no, we've gone over this before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not do sim let's pandemics, do- <laughs> please. It's still, it's still very. I, I don't know. Do you guys remember that there was like this pandemic thing?
0: Yes. What?
1: Yeah, oh, no, you I, mean the corrupted blood search. incident. Yeah,
0: I
2: remember
1: that. <laughs> and there was this thing and all these people were getting sick and it was like a really, really, really bad flu. And uh, mm. yeah, I don't know, it just seems very recent to me. So anyway, let's don't do that.
0: <laughs> I think the men in black have gotten to Roland. Yeah. <laughs> they've,
1: they've mind wiped him.
3: The Dwarven Fortress of Metalbent is pleased to announce the appointment of KlinoDev as the new Administrator of the Round General Hospital, located on the services level. With a commitment to serving our citizens and long-term residents, the Round General Hospital offers essential healthcare services. Under the leadership of our talented staff, the hospital aims to enhance its operations and address the challenges posed by the recent abysmal mortality rate of patients. The Round General Hospital boasts a capacity of eight beds, two tables, and two traction benches, equipped to handle a variety of medical needs. Leading the medical team are esteemed professionals, including General Dr. Cadall Circled-Wield, Diagnostician Chief Medical Dwarf Zolben-Gladefountain, and Surgeon asmal hail So when you get horribly injured or maimed, have your friends haul you directly to the Round General Hospital on the services level of metalbent tasked with improving patient outcomes, Clinodev and the medical staff are committed to ensuring every individual receives the highest standard of care. I have a
0: bunch of caged animals. And That's good. My normal way to release those caged animals was to build the cage and then pull the pull the switch and release them, and then I would chase them down, and I would assign them to a, uh, a to a pasture, right? So, the other day, I was going through that, and I thought, well, you know what I'll do? I will assign them to a pasture before I release them. So, I went in and tried to do that, and I forgot one. But I noted, yes. after I had forgotten that one, whenever I assigned him to that pasture, it released him from the cage without me pulling the switch. Yeah. Yeah. So, apparently now, assigning caged animals to a pasture releases them without having to set up uh, the, the lever pull. Was it always that way?
1: Oh, yes. Somebody does do that. Yeah. If you assign the caged animal to a pasture, yeah, they'll take them out and put him in there. So, if it's a wild animal, I think they will get bitey.
2: Yeah. They they get actually bitey the second they come off the leash, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. It works the same way for invaders. Uh, the invader is perfectly peaceful and nice. The leash goes away. The dwarf is like, okay, you're, you're in the pasture now. And suddenly they're like,
0: okay, so you're saying that, that there was an aspect of the game that I was actually making harder than it needed to be all these years? Apparently, yes. Huh. Well.
2: Although, I want to add, I had a, a, a problem, and maybe this is one of the things that happened to you, which why you thought, you know, I wanted to pit... A few animals, and they just didn't do that. Uh, I saw the animals actually leave the pasture because they were no longer assigned there, and they just, you know, left. And I saw my piglets walking around. I was like, "Why is nobody picking them up? What what is happening?" And uh, as it turns out, in that pit zone was still a dog that was supposed to be pitted, but the dog was just gone. I I don't know what happened to the dog. It was still on the list. Still had the, 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 you know, but nobody ever got the dog. Nobody ever put the dog into the pit. And apparently that just blocked all the other animals from being accessed and put in the pit. Was it so, like a cue? <laughs> yeah, apparently it was like a cue. And I took the dog out and suddenly, you, 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 you. they they just grabbed those pigs and pitted the pigs and it worked. And I, I don't know. So maybe, maybe it was that.
0: I don't think I'm going to get into it now, but, well, you tell me, is this something that we should wait for a later time, or if we should have you describe it now? Can you succinctly, and in a short amount of time, describe the steps that you will go through whenever you want to throw something, let's say a caged being, into a pit that is maybe... 50z levels deep you know whenever you talk about throwing somebody in a pit Mm. that seems to be a common thing that people talk about doing yes but i've never quite understood the mechanics behind actually doing that
2: oh okay okay that's that's simple that's actually very simple i do it a lot so i'm just going to ignore how to make the pit we just assume you have the the pits there and then on top of the pit uh, where it like the the start of the shaft you Mm. make a normal zone uh, where your dwarf can access it and it's called pit pond. And when you make pit slash pond Okay, okay. thank you. Uh, Because they can also be used for ponds. And now the important thing is that your dwarfs have to know whether or not this is going to be a pond or a pit. And we now have a symbol that is simply like an arrow down to like brownish gray block or an arrow down to a blue block and if you activate the blue then they will get buckets and chuck water down the thing
0: so these are in the zone details whenever you put, click a little yes. magnifying glass yes. to, okay
2: gotcha and um you want the for the pit you want the no water the 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 grayish right. brownish block And then you can click on the rabbit symbol and just assign an animal, and it will get the animal and chuck it down.
0: And it can be – it doesn't have to be an animal, right? It can be a sentient being?
2: It can be anything. Uh, If it's a sentient being, it has to be in a cage. So they're not going to go into your tavern and just grab the nearest visitor. (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) That would be fun, but they sadly don't do that. But they will do it when you do have the visitor in a cage.
0: Okay cool so if you uh selected pond will they automatically fill the thing with water or do you have to actually yep. assign the dwarves to do that
2: nope. they will automatically just get a bucket go to the nearest water source and flush the whole thing and if you have like a 50 z level long shaft then it they will just continue doing that the the, the water will probably not even hit the floor really
0: okay Cool. I wonder how long they would try to con- continue trying to fill that up until it, until it fills or, or will they eventually stop it? Because if you have a 50 Z level pit that you're filling with water, it seems like that would take forever to fill with water.
2: <laughs> oh Yeah. Even if you have like an actual water source that goes directly in there, we're, we're talking yeah, like a river, a river. Yeah. then that would still take a while, but dwarfs chucking <laughs> down buckets. No.
0: Tony, have you employed pits?
1: Yeah, I've used pits. Um, I've, I like to put people in it. Um, I've used it to fertilize stone floors, you know, where you dump buckets of water on the floor and it turns into mud and then you can grow crops. I think that was a Tekid special I got a while ago. (laughs) Um, And it it works. It's so, it's a lot better. Uh, And it's like magic dirt. Like you just put a little bit on and then it, it magically works forever kind of thing. That Yeah, so yes, the answer to the question is yes, I have done it, and it is delightful to throw people and animals into pits.
0: Uh, what a wonderfully violent game.
1: It is a joy of the game. It is a joy of the game. <laughs> yeah. of the game. Uh, one thing I did realize is some things can climb, like cats can climb, and I think some creatures like goblins oh, can climb. That's true. So yes. You have to smooth the walls. So if you make a big like pit to throw people or creatures into, um, th- they they can climb back up the walls, and I've I've had some whoopsie dipsies on that particular mechanic before. Yep, because I didn't know. Right. Um, yes.
2: That, that is that uh, is true. There's a few things that you have to keep in mind, especially when you're pitting things that are enemies. One of them is they can climb the walls. the The goblin will keep on like falling back whenever he gets too tired to continue climbing. Uh, but he will slowly train his climbing skill, and at some point, he will be able to climb out. It will take forever, but he will be able to do that. Uh, secondly, if you pit things, then, you know, they get off the leash, and suddenly they they become angry again, and even if you drop, like, okay, I want you to imagine, like, cartoon logic for a moment, right? We We're talking, like, Roadrunner, and something is getting dropped, right? And it hangs in the air for a second and goes like, ooh and then looks down and then only falls. And in, in that moment where the goblin gets like really big eyes and realizes he's in the air floating, he has enough time to scare the dwarf. And this, and this dwarf gets scared in that millisecond because he's like, oh God, a goblin, he's going to attack me. And then the goblin falls. And that has a downside, because if you pit too many things too quickly behind each other, then the, the next dwarf, the one that just, dwarf one pits the goblin, dwarf two, sees the goblin floating in the air for a millisecond, and it's like, oh god! And then drops his leash with goblin number two, and then goblin number two stabs dwarf number two from behind. It's like...
1: Yep. Tchick, tchick. <laughs> Okay, you know what? That explains something that happened to me one time, and I hadn't quite realized what the mechanic was going on there, so that's very helpful. Thank you.
2: No problem. I had that happen yeah. way too many times, and at some point I did realize what was going on.
3: <laughs> this segment of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is brought to you by Lucas, creator of Sasha Samkel Uras Toast. Rush Council, the Fell of Aquamarines. This is a Hematite Scepter. All Crafts' worship is of the highest quality. It is decorated with turkey leather and encircled with bands of round citron cabochons. This object menaces with spikes of Hematite, Rope Reed, and Rose Quartz. On the item is an image of Dawned Leaf the Perfect Ruby, in Lapis Lazuli. Also on the item is an image of Locum Glaze Spots the Dwarf in Pigtail locum glaze spots is withering away the artwork relates to the dehydration of the dwarf locum glaze spots in metalbent in the early spring of the year nine sasha Samkal urus rush council the fell of aquamarines by lucas
0: So let's move on to some listener questions. We teased this last episode. We planned on doing it last episode and we ran out of time. If you have any questions, you can send them via email to erst at DF That's That's U R I S T at DF Or you can uh, put a comment on an episode that is on our webpage or if you would like you can join our Discord server. You can find the link to join the Discord server on our webpage in the main menu. So, and that seems to be where most of the interaction is is happening nowadays is on our Discord server. But if uh for whatever reason you don't care for Discord, then uh then you can give us a email or leave a comment on our website.
1: Do we take faxes also? Can you I think you can send a fax, can't you with your fax and your questions?
2: Sadly, my fax broke, so not not in this direction.
1: I'm sorry. Let's do it.
0: So Grohl asks, where do you get the text for the little interludes describing the legendary items? Is this from your own games or listener games? So Grohl uh, must be listening to the back catalog, and uh, those items were the artifacts that were being created in whatever fort it was that I was running at the time. Uh, we have now moved to... Telling little stories about whatever fortress it is that I'm that I'm uh, running at the time, and all of this was a way for us to have a clever way to do shout outs to patrons without just listing off names in a way that that wasn't uh, wasn't annoying or and, an, and in a way that wasn't sounding like we were begging. I think that a couple of them also came from uh, from Roland and Tony's forts too whenever they had some particular ones uh, early yep. on some some cool artifacts.
2: Johnny wrote, "Uh, I'm on episode 42, and I find it hilarious and awesome that typically one of the co-hosts is only half concentrating as he is playing DF whilst recording. What other podcast would tolerate this? Good question. Also, isn't it kind of dangerous only half concentrating whilst playing DF? I'm hoping this practice is still going on in the latest episodes and you haven't gone all professional on us.
0: Don't have to worry about that.
2: (laughs) Well, Johnny um i hope that you catch up very soon and i can tell you that right now i am half concentrating on playing df right now yes so <laughs> it's going
1: on our producers require it yeah. actually it's it's one of the requirements for the
2: yeah there is yeah. a 65 uh, inch uh led oled screen in front of my face um and 65 inch, <laughs> 65 inch door. Yeah. Fortress Fortress. Yeah. I, I asked the producer to get me a bigger screen and he was like, you know what? And then, um, you know, 65 wow. inches. I can, I can, the pixels are the size of my hand. It's, it's great. Oh,
1: <laughs> good <laughs> Lord. Yeah. It's like playing with Duplo.
0: It's 65 inches, but it's just 640 by 480, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um,
1: Duplo, but it's big.
0: So
2: yeah, we are we are not professional in that regard still, and I don't think we we will change because you know the the, the whole point of the podcast is a game, so why not play the game while we podcast? Yeah, yeah.
1: it's right. It, and speaking of which, guys, this episode was brought to you by Simply Safe. <laughs> no, it isn't. It I isn't. I did not it's get that. Joke. It's not, It's oh, some podcast advertiser that that's like I don't know. I don't know if you guys have come across it, but my god, they advertise on a lot of podcasts.
0: But no, but seriously, we would like to thank Blue Apron. You'll be hearing more about them later.
1: <laughs> I love it when they put the Blue Apron ad in, in like one of those grizzly murder podcasts, and her head was smashed with a hammer five times. Blue Apron, for all of your kitchen needs. Think about it, a delicious dinner. You know, it's like, okay, are we doing this? I
2: mean, talking
1: about ground beef. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you don't have to worry about being uh, us being professional because... Uh, I really don't think we're going to be doing that.
1: No, I think we're
0: we're almost to episode 100. I think that this, what it is right now, is probably as polished as it's going to get. Yeah,
2: that, and that's that's good. This is this is fun.
0: But you know, we have we've done little oh, spots where we tried yeah. to be a little bit more uh, organized and a little bit more professional, and it just takes all the fun out of
1: it. So it's, it, it makes it into a dry podcast in in my my measure. Well, to, this you know. It,
0: this podcast works best whenever the conversation flows naturally from one topic to uh, to another and even when we have guests on we may start off with a particular subject that we want to cover but whether we ever actually get to that subject or not is another thing as mm. long as as long as we're enjoying talking and the time is going by quickly. Then, then that's really all the all that matters to us. Anyway,
2: you're here. Yeah. Plus, I mean, how can you stay serious if you have to read
1: a name like Finger of Lobsters? Finger of Lobsters. Yeah. Great name. Name of my name. Sounds thing. really tasty, by the way. What part is the finger? Is it the feet or is it the I, claws? I was like,
2: like a Small roll, like a. Um, like a oh, like yeah. a cheese oh, finger like, stick, like chicken like fingers, like something yeah. you make. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. that yeah.
1: sounds actually mm. pretty Take good. Take lobster yeah. tail,
0: slice it into into basically lobster sticks,
1: and oh, deep fry God. them. Oh. Do we have any um, listeners from uh, Maine on the <laughs> on the podcast? Talk <laughs> please about email fingers. your
0: lobster to. Yeah, email it. your
1: lobster <laughs> finger dishes to. Don't don't fax it though. Don't, don't fax
0: it. That can it. be messy or in your do, fax
1: machine. Or do. Or, or fax it. <laughs> the faxing's fine. We, we'll figure it out. Uh, uh, oh, should, should I take the next one here?
0: Go right ahead. Thanks, Johnny, for your question. And
1: Thanks, Johnny. It was a great question. Uh, and the next one comes from M Vlad 0 or maybe it's Lad 0 I always MV... imagine it to be Mvlado. Mvlado, Mvlado. Uh, yeah, I think that is a zero. So yeah, not yep. M, not M, yep, not M Vlad yeah, one. Right. Uh, yeah, so zero. The original, the OG M. Vlad, asks, what are the chances of a Dwarf Fortress roundtable squad recording a multiplayer session? I would say the chances are seventy-four percent that it, you know, for, forever that that might happen. What do you guys think? What are your What are your chances?
0: I think the chances are real That's good.
1: Happening. Yeah. I I think so too. Yeah, I'd say
0: uh,
2: better than not. And it depends on what kind of multiplayer we're talking about. If we're talking about the the thing that we once did where we just, you know, one is playing, the other two are looking over their shoulder and then adventure mode, that is that is highly likely. Um I saw something about a mod in the DF round table Discord.
0: Yeah, Rurik. Yeah, Rurik has uh I, and I'm not sure if he wrote it. Or if uh, if it was someone else, but I know that he's hosting a little server, such that uh, multiple people can basically telnet in, and uh, and apparently they have shared keyboard control of the of oh. the game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god! Oh boy! So right Tell now I think now. that he's running that Tell on forty seven oh four,
0: and my scheduling has not matched up with Eric's scheduling because. That might be neat too. The only problem with that is, is that it is indeed uh, forty-seven oh four, and it's the ASCII tile set.
1: So, yeah, I'm not down. There is Sorry. a Sorry.
0: there is a, a particular font. So, uh, but I will I will try to get that done within the next week and uh, and report back on on how that went. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Rurik for for writing that and and suggesting that I try that out because. That would be really cool to be able to to do keyboard sharing. I
1: think it sounds really neat. I'm scared of Telnet, and um, I also kind of – I live in a post-44 world. (laughs) Can't go back, man. I can't do it. Yeah, that that will be
2: the biggest thing, which is why I would say the chances of us doing the one is playing, two are talking is very high.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's I gave it a set high 70s. But uh yeah, I think over the shoulder is good.
0: Thanks Mvlado, Vlado or Invlad0, M. MVlad0. Thank you for your uh and Vlado. I know that you are often in the Dwarf Fortress round table um Dwarf Fortress round table Discord server, so please tell us how to pronounce your your handle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always feel bad about saying somebody's name wrong. I try to be more sensitive to the lads.
0: So Payan asks, what mods, if any, do y'all use?
1: Got to do that in a more Southern accent, my friend.
0: What mods, if any, do y'all use? <laughs> hey,
1: what mods, if all, do any y'all use? What all, what all mods are y'all using? That just sounds cocky,
0: man. That doesn't sound Southern.
1: <laughs> hey, y'all. What yeah, mods are you, you what, use
0: using? Seriously, if... If you would like me to record me saying that sentence whenever I'm hanging out with my family down in Arkansas, my my dialect seriously, my dialect shifts. Let's do it. My dialect shifts to my uh, to is. my roots whenever Beautiful. I go down there and hang out with with uh, with my dad and his brother and and we're just you know hanging out, cooking a pot of beans, drinking beer. Seriously, my I, I just noticed that my dialect has shifted, and oh, which is you do that. You, that is not a common uh, You do. You, you
1: adapt. You adapt. Yeah, yeah, please do that. Please. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think And, and get family members to record, to record it for us, too. If, if you've got some more Southern American family members, it be great.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about having Uncle Bub recording a question about Dwarf Fortress.
1: I would love to hear Uncle Bub say, y'all.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, I do have an Uncle Bub. That's not his, his real name's Charles, but yeah, he's he's Uncle Bub.
1: Of course it is. That's awesome. So I maybe we could uh have Uncle Bob read this one sometime. I had a, I, I had a, a first cousin years.
0: named Billy Ray.
1: Right. Billy Ray could record it too if you're still in touch.
0: He he lives up in <laughs> Kansas City, I think. Alright, anyway, <laughs> so what mods right, sorry, if any do y'all use?
1: What mods if any
0: do y'all use? From paying. So I use the, uh, the mod that dries up all of the aquifers. Oh, I, yeah, that's a good one. I use, here, let me go ahead and pull this up. I'm going to open up to a fortress. So one of you start off the mod listing while I pull up my fortress.
2: Uh, okay, I can, I can do that. Mine is very short. I have a mod that shows me the uh, keybind layouts without me having to hover over the keys in the entire menu. Um, interface
0: enhancement or something like that i think is what it's uh, called
2: oh my god you know what i i'm going to pull it up as well where is my workshop
1: yeah i might pull mine up i i don't i i was just thinking the other day about going back because i when when it first dropped i had a look at a bunch of the mods that were in there and i thought oh these, these look cool so i added them and i haven't really been back to revisit the mod situation. Well, every time um, I
0: start a new world, I will go go to the workshop and kind of take a look at what the most popular mods currently are.
2: Yeah, maybe that's I cool. should do that, because right now I do have interface tweaks and audible alerts, but I no longer use audible alerts. Because interface of,
0: tweaks, that's the, the one that I... Yeah,
2: Th- that one is good tweaks. because it just shows you that, oh, you have to press M for mining, uh, and especially at the start when I was trying to get the key Shortcuts down. That that was that was very helpful.
1: Oh, I have audible alerts too, but I actually don't use sound in any game I play. <laughs> That's funny. Which which is interesting, I'm sure for people to hear. Um, uh, I have on/off burrow activation button. I have see-through smoothing designations. I have dev Our heroes dry minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, creature extended graphics. Uh, work detail icons, Dion's plant graphics, interface tweaks, and Cave Spider Syndrome recovery. I don't know what that one does, other than it sounds like it does something to do with Cave Spider Syndrome, which is a thing apparently. But okay, I so have mine. mine. Up.
0: I have mine up now. I have also Cleanodev's Dry Minds, uh, Bourbon's Dark Depths. That one uh, changes what the – you know how whenever you see uh, semi-opaque, some transparencies going through to the next Z-level down, it's got that blue tint to it? That mm. changes it from a blue tint to a gray tint. So I think that it looks more um, more natural. So that's Bourbon's Dark Depths. There's also Bourbon's Dark Floors that removes the blue tone from, uh, from uh, rough or smooth stone floors and ramps. Both of those are minor tweaks, but I think that they're effective in, in, making it look better. I have one called detailed landscapes, which makes various forms of grass on the landscape. So instead of having just you know grass out there, all of the different species of grass, grasses have a slightly different uh, graphic to them. Hmm. Use interface tweaks, and I use Tekid's spiders 1.0, <laughs> which mm. I was hoping that it would give me new cave spiders. But uh actually, I talked to Tekken afterward and what that it does for land spiders, and he did that so that you can not have to uh punch into the caverns in order to gather uh uh silk from webs so that there are spiders on the surface mm. but yeah, I've got that one also war possums that's the only creature mod that I really have is uh, war possums. I've got war possums, yeah, okay, so yeah you can. You can uh, train possums to be war possums. I haven't done it yet, but I like the idea of having a war possum. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, also that's uh, pretty funny. Perspective walls. It's turned off on my latest world, but I have used that before, and it gives like a a, a little bit more of a two and a half D uh, perspective to the walls, even than the than the stock graphics do. So, so that's my list.
1: Uh, hmm. There's the accurate cat graphics. I just saw. What? Yeah, you know, that looks pretty good.
0: I have thought about a number of those creature uh, graphics modifications because there are several mm. of them out there that increase the variety of the uh, graphics for things yeah. like cats. There's one for dogs. I think there's even one for, like, cattle.
1: But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's There's also this one, accurate ungulate graphics, which I think are rabbits and things like that. So there's a word. Word of the day for everybody. Uh, There's one that removes lettuce and cabbage from the game.
0: Why would you do that? Uh,
1: Here's here's what he has to say. Um, He says, because the first question in the fact is the one that we just asked. Just why (laughs) why would you do this? Uh, Because lettuce is an insidious and horrible failure of nature. (laughs) There are many plants in the world and all of them have their own unique place in the ecosystem, except this stupid lettuce plant. <laughs> Nothing can redeem this horrible blight on the earth. There's a bit more about it. And then the next question says, but really, don't you think you're exaggerating a bit? And then, you know, they go on to say, nobody, nobody wants lettuce and they don't like it because it's a head, which I think he's taken issue with. And then cabbage, he just says, is a bigger, dumber lettuce plant. So
0: this is, um, this is probably like a. a- uh, eight-year-old who's really good at programming and doesn't want to eat his vegetables. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, okay, I think but, there's some but, deliberate tongue-in-cheekness here, that, which, that which is, I can appreciate. That is
2: heresy. That is heresy. You need cabbage to make cut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah,
1: uh, and, and kimchi. Mm-hmm.
0: Like kimchi. You can't have egg rolls without cabbage. No.
1: You, yeah. You, you need. So, you need cabbage for kimchi too. So. I
0: might give him a pass on on lettuce. But uh, but yeah, you gotta have gotta have. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, lettuce, a couple of pieces of lettuce on a good hamburger. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't Long agree with uh, that. There's, yeah. there's one that adds a mouth to the plump helmet man. Plump helmet man can speak. Adds mouth and tongue, no teeth, plus the ability to speak. No. No.
0: Ow. Roland is really against that one.
2: Yeah. No. That that is. It's funny because they don't have a mouth. They can't talk, but they're they're like sentient. They, they, well, they can do think, now. They they can write, but they can't talk, which is very funny. Oh, wow. And giving them a mouth kind of defeats the weird alienesque mental image that I have. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, don't they just click the mushroom people? Or is that a different? That's a different game. That is the Last of Us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> seems like we don't want them in the world they don't they don't make us sick though but oh there's a mod idea for you plump helmet men give your dwarves um permanent syndrome infect your doors yeah. yeah with that what is that uh uh that, that syndrome where you then turn into a mushroom yourself
0: how about that thing that the the fungus take over our yeah
1: yeah with? it's got a it's got a name and i can't think of
0: i think animals. there was a horror movie called shroom about about that
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, they need a video game about that. Called uh,
2: something. I think there is a few video games about shrooms.
0: So, Roland, yeah. your mods. You got your <clears throat> mod list up?
2: Yeah, my, my mod list is sh- very short. It is just interface tweaks. Ah, really? That, uh, that's, that's it. I, I I usually don't really mod my games anymore. I don't know why. I Actually, I know why. It is because I have a bit of a PTSD from like my Minecraft multiplayer days and uh, I, I simply prefer to play the game without mods as far as I can.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Sure.
3: Attention members and guests. Are you tired of the dirt under your nails? Sick of the constant battle against weeds? Mr. Gutsy has a solution. Join the Mint Guild, the local chapter of rangers, at the Livid Beaches Guildhall, and leave those gardeners in the dust. The Livid Beaches is a certified grand guildhall, where aspiring animal whisperers can revel in the art of animal husbandry, while gardeners are left to tend to their precious petunias. As a bonus, this private guildhall proudly showcases the artifact scepter Sasha Samkal Uras Utost rushed council the fell of aquamarines, a true testament to the superiority of livestock over leafy greens. At the Mint Guild, we prioritize the art of teaching and learning among our fellow rangers. Unlike those solitary farmers tending to their crops, we believe in the power of collaboration and knowledge sharing. Through mentorship programs and interactive workshops, we foster a community where every member contributes to and benefits from collective growth. Come on out and tell them Mr. Gutsy sent you, and maybe bring a spade to donate to a poor neglected gardener. So, uh,
0: Fast Dwarf, it's time for DF Hat Corner. Hey! Hey!
1: Oh, yeah, Fast Dwarf, it's cool. So...
0: Fast Dwarf is another utility from DF Hack. And speaking of which, it looks like it's all come together. And next episode, we're going to have one of the developers for DF Hack on. And we're really looking forward to that. We're going to be yeah, talking about the new release of DF Hack that's coming out. So tune in for that.
2: And we have to do some homework now. So you all get to know what you can do with DF Hack. For example, blueprints, which we discussed earlier. Um, yep, 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 yep. But uh, fast dwarf, yep. uh, you
1: don't really use it, Johan. Fast is just a terrific one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't. I, in it. fact,
0: I don't even know the know it very well. So I'm bringing up the documentation here to hmm. see the command. So to, it's, uh, it's pretty
1: straightforward. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it looks like you just type fast dwarf and then a mode.
1: Um, yeah, mm, one and it, in one that makes everything fast. There's like fast, and then there's teleport. Yep.
2: And then there is a difference between making all creatures fast and just your citizens, just your dwarves. And um, it's it's practical because the work that can be done in a frame is suddenly a different amount, if you know what I mean. Uh, it, it, it's not like your game suddenly runs faster, but your dwarves just run faster. Uh, So they do get to do more work in a shorter amount of time in the game. Mm, For example, if you clean up a siege, then the difference is is incredibly notable. Because your dwarfs will zoom out, grab the skeleton, and zoom away and throw it where you want it to be. Um, And the the siege will be cleaned up, I don't know, like ten times faster.
1: Yeah, I use it to build forts because if I'm trying to just test out an idea, you know, I don't want to spend, you know, the better part of my life on something just waiting for that same thing to happen. Like getting the farms running and getting the equipment put away, and I got stuff to do. You know what I mean? Like the part of the game that I want to try out is the part where I'm doing testing out whatever my new harebrained theory is, and it just it's kind of a good shortcut to getting your forts off the ground quickly. Yep.
0: So so it looks like there's two different parameters that you can add to the Fast Dwarf command uh, from the hat console. The first parameter is the fast mode, which is 0, one, or 2. And the second parameter is the teleport mode, which is 0 or 1. 0 would be the default, I guess. But <clears throat> 0 is, is citizens for the fast mode. 0 is for citizens going at your normal rate. One is citizens move at max speed. What do they look like when they do that? Do they look like everybody's running away from something they're scared of? Yep. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, cool.
1: They just—they just seem to be moving with a purpose.
0: <laughs> and then, if you set fast mode to two, all units, including creatures, move at their highest mode, uh, highest speed. So, that would be that a way to crazy. get a siege over with quickly.
2: That is true. Suddenly, uh, just clicking one frame becomes very important. Um, also, do note that. Uh, Different creatures do have different speeds, so if you set them all to extremely fast, you're back to square one where the speeds are different.
0: So Beautiful. that looks like that's just about all there is to fast dwarf. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's not uh, rocket surgery, fast dwarf, but it is <laughs> it is pretty doggone cool. It it is very
2: right. practical for cleaning up, cool things for building. Yeah. I don't know if 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 you have a lot of things on your to-do list with only a few dwarfs, it's great. And um, the faster your frame rate goes, the better it actually works. It seems. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you start a new fortress and you just have like seven dwarfs, but you want to instantly dig a a long shaft down or make a large underground fortress, um, then fast dwarf is is going to be absolutely incredible. And uh, while your miner learns at a normal speed, he's just going to learn quicker uh, simply because he mines faster. And at some yeah. point, if he is legendary, he just like <laughs> runs through the rock like there is none. It's awesome. real neat. Well, I
0: Everyone don't know about you guys, it. but I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the DF hat corner segment. I think that it's something that we're going to have to uh, have to continue.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think playing with one of those each time might be cool. Yeah, Yeah. trying to see how it goes each time, try a new one each time might be fun.
0: And one of the things that I really like about it is that it makes me feel smarter. And when (laughs) I want to feel smarter, I log into Brilliant. Brilliant is a.
1: (laughs) Simply safe. Simply safe home security. Oh boy. We're not getting sponsored yet. Yeah. No, I don't think that's I'm just practicing. Yeah, been, <laughs> I'm practicing. Especially not after I'm practicing whenever from...
0: the whenever the corporate overlords make me uh commercialize my podcast.
1: Oh no. Uh, Wait till corporate gets hold of this episode.
0: I know, right? Dark days ahead. It's 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 just gonna make uh iTunes category. give us an explicit tag. Okay, okay, so uh yeah, that was DF Hat Corner and Again, we're going to be having Mike on, uh, on the next episode. We are planning on recording it later this week, and it's going to be a blast talking about the new release. Gonna okay, so I think we're coming up to the top of the hour here. Does anybody else have any big things that they want to talk about on this episode of DF Roundtable?
2: One thing only. I'm still annoyed that scales of like lizards and reptiles cannot be made into leather. So I'm currently looking into how to do that, how to, how to mod that whole thing. So maybe at some point in the future, I will make like a mod and put it on the workshop. We will see about that.
0: Oh, that's fun. One of my favorite podcasts talked about one of the, one of the hosts was surprised and shocked and kind of grossed out about fish who have no scales and they just have a skin. And... And I don't think that 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 uh, host was thinking things through because you have catfish have no scales. I don't think sharks have scales, so there's a lot of fish no. out there who don't have scales, that, but just yep. have skin.
2: Yeah, yeah. The sharks don't have scales; they they Rays. have a very different type of
0: skin. Yeah, is a ray a fish? It is, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They have the marsupial. Uh, <laughs> they carry the little baby fish in their little fishy pouches. Yeah. That's they
1: do. Isn't that, what's, isn't that what manta rays do? Fishy pouches. In their little fishy pouches, and they hop along in the sea. I am, I've got this wrong, though. I should probably eat something. It's been a while.
0: So, we're going to wrap up this episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, until yeah. next time, uh, see y'all later, right? Yep. Yeah. See y'all see. later,
1: right? See y'all later. <laughs>
0: See, I can't even do it on purpose.
2: Next time, okay? You have a little bit of time to figure that out. And next time we won't hear it. Y'all got to game right.
0: This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. If you'd like to contact us by email, the address is urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. If you'd like to interact with the hosts and listeners of the podcast, you'll find a link to join our Discord server in the main menu of our website. If you'd like to help support this podcast financially, You can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational
3: podcast. All Crafts Worship is of the highest quality.
1: Thanks, D'Alfonso.